Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for watching The Instant Reaction. For full episodes of The Canon Podcast, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to Patreon.com forward slash The Canon Pod. Welcome back to the instant reaction. It was never in doubt. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Arsenal 4, Luton Town 3 at the Kenilworth Road. Literally the last kick of the game, Declan Rice saving our bacon. We have so much to break down. But before wow. we do that, George, what a game. Oh Teach me not to God. make uh, to make uh, match review tweets at the last minute. I've done them oh. the whole time. But my word, literally the last kick of the game quick 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 before we get into it this is why football is the best game in the world this this is what gets people this is what this is no other sport can produce this drama on a consistent basis (laughs) it's the world's best sport and i fucking love it oh i mean i mean what record do you want to start with luden scoring three in a premier league match for the first time um you know arsenal (laughs) Finally winning at Luton in what over 40, 40 years. It's um it, incredible. It, it's incredible. It is incredible. There's so much to talk about. Um, there's headlines to talk about, but my word, Declan Rice. I mean, how many times As Ash that says now? Rice is a Titan. Mate, I don't I've never loved a footballer so quickly, oh. so much. I like I I, I <laughs> mate, I've he's, lost he's words. Mate, there's just I'm so much. rarely lost for words, and I'm lost for words. He he is a special. I said it when he signed, not just a unicorn, but an era-defining player. And to kind of do this now, he's that's now what two? I'd say last-minute winners. Yeah. He's got us for points. He's a himself worth four points, not including how much he's done. And then you got to get into Kai Havertz, his best game in an Arsenal shirt. He's been incredible all match, and I just think that you know, on the whole, you, you look at this game and. There was some good, some bad, but it had everything. I was tweeting at halftime kind of in group chats and saying, what a game. This is Barclays football. This is proper Barclays football. Your peak Barclays. MJ, oh. MJ, I met MJ today. Absolutely lovely guy. Play every game past 85 minutes and I could not agree more. 
Wow. Um, it seems like we absolutely came. I mean, we absolutely came alive in those last ten minutes. Look, there's, there's, we will come to all the negatives because there are so many. But I, I do want to linger. <laughs> I do want to because there's a lot. But I do want to linger just on this feeling, man, because these, these are the moments you live for. Yeah, the moments that you, you, you look for. These are the Bournemouth moments, the, the Luton moments that will be now be, be known as the, the Martinelli goal against City. That is why we care so much about football. That's why we spend so much time thinking about it. This, oh. it's enjoy this moment. Enjoy well, this moment because th this is this is the fabric of what a title race is about. You know, you have you have your Leicester Arsenal moments with Danny Welbeck. You have moments like this when when things go well for you, they go well. And I just think you can't get away. We've dug ourselves out of points, uh, yeah. but we put ourselves in a position to get there. I mean, in the last yeah. 15, 20 minutes, I don't know what the uh, statistics were. Something like forty eight touches in the opponent's box, or yeah. possession numbers shot up. Luton definitely creaked back, and you know. You earn your own luck. And yeah, to an yep. extent, we shouldn't have put ourselves in this position. But my word, you got to start talking about the character of the boys yep. because it, we've done this quite a bit. And actually yep. to respond, that was one thing I felt from last year. We weren't doing as much this year, responding when we concede. We did twice in this match. So I, I think it was really important to do that. And yeah, mate, like I'm, I'm still kind of shocked. I don't know what to say myself. I'm kind of rambling because... A lot of stuff has changed. But... So, there's so much. There's so much. Well, I will say, I think, yeah, because we're all, we're, we, you, you kind of, if you sat there before the season started and said, we're going to win some games late and that's how we win the title, you'd be like, that's okay. You go, that's, that's how title winning teams get over the line. They have to go and win games late. But we are doing that, man. I mean, just thinking about the last yeah. few games, right? So we've just won that in the 90 plus sixth minute. Brentford, we won that in the, yep. in the 89th minute. Um, uh, we've had a few others in the last uh, 15 minutes. Have we won something like five games? Man because City we won was United minute. United with Declan. Um, United game. Um, there's got to be about five or six of Everton our game was the 69th minute. I know it's a little bit later, a little bit earlier. Sorry, but you know, we are we've got some. Think about to the to the community shield. Man City. I'm sure we're forgetting some. So please post them in the comments. But the the, the community shield game where Trossard scores that late goal, like that is. That yeah. there is so much to be said for the character. Keep going, keep going. Belief, belief, belief. And as much as we love talking about the technical side of the game, and it's so important, we know it's from a broader view, a broader standpoint. That is the hallmark of title-winning teams. And a win yeah. like that, yeah. say say we beat them three-two, I'd be way less convinced that we're going to go on and do anything. Um, and say say they didn't score their third goal, you know, whatever. That we didn't win the game in that way for whatever reason. I'd be less convinced than I am now that we all have a serious chance. I still don't think we'll do it. Sorry, even in the glow of this moment, but um, yeah. it's it's absolutely insane. Let's um, let's let's do some stats and then we can start to talk <laughs> to some more um, uh, less happy moments. Uh, let me find some uh, some stats for us from Scott J Willis. As always, let me just bring up my screen. Um, what are you expecting to see? Because because uh, I don't know what I'm <laughs> don't know what I'm expecting to look at. Um, sixty-four point eight percent possession. Okay, it felt like yeah. honestly. Um, field tilt sixty-five point nine. Honestly, that felt like less. They had nearly as many final third mm -hmm. entries. Does that's that's concerning. Um, uh, PPDA was down at seven, which is interesting. Here's our shot map. You can see that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's, here's our shot map. The two goals at the end. And we'll see. It. Well, the the Rice one and the uh, the Habits one obviously came from basically the same same spot. Uh, here's the field tilt. That's all. That's just the first half. It's just the first half. <laughs> but it's all that matters. It's all that matters. 
um, attacking pressure. You can see the moments there. Um, okay. Should we get into the negatives so that we can talk about the positives? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Someone was telling me that's from halftime. Apologies. That is from halftime. Um, Scott hasn't put the numbers up. So that, yeah, apologies. That was from halftime. Um, yeah, let, let's let's do the negatives. Okay, stick with us. Stick with us because this is going to be half an hour long. We'll come back to the positives, but I think we should address the negatives. Yes. I want, I want to talk about one thing and then and and, and then uh, hand it off to you. I was... It's easy to say after the fact, but I think Mikel got the lineup wrong this evening. Um, I think Kivior was the wrong shout for this type of game. I think Kivior is a fantastic player, but I think the moment he he still requires a little bit of nurturing and a little bit more space and requires a little bit more time on the ball to show us what he can do. This was a game, and the problem is, when we had Kivior in there, it was sucking Jesus back, it was sucking Odegaard back, so whenever we did actually get to the final third, there was basically no one in the fight. It was, it was Jesus against four or five Luton defenders. They were sat in a kind of mid-block, which is fine. We didn't elect to go over them enough. We didn't elect to try and... Um, to go go around them in, in different ways. We kept trying to go through, but because Erdogan was having to drop so deep, because Kivio was so wide, that was, I felt, our main issue. And then, of course, you get the individual mistakes, but I'll, I'll hand it off to you. I don't know, because I thought Kivio was brilliant defensively, and I think Luton settled into a different game shape once Zinchenko came on the pitch. I don't know if it was because of him that they did that, because they were quite intense in their press. They were very, very strong. And I think they were targeting actually the left-hand side quite a bit. And I don't think that QBR maybe suffered, but our on-the-ball um, game plan definitely suffered. Um, and, I, and I think that Martin Odegaard, to be fair, was hiding a lot in the first half. I think, you know, we saw a lot more of him deeper um, in general again, but I think he got his, his kind of confidence back as the team grew in confidence himself. I don't know. I, I find it difficult to place it on the Kiwi or sub because I felt like with that height, we could have maybe added a little bit more up top. I felt that Kai Havertz could have done um, a little bit better in terms of holding the ball up centrally. But, you know, I think his runs were really important for making space for a lot of people. And Jesus oddly had a very tough start to the match, grew into it. But his first touch was really difficult kind of in the first 25 30 minutes so that kind of dynamic of him dropping deep Kai over the top wasn't clicking as much because of it and Ross Barkley dominated Martin Odegaard from Ross Barkley and the game was alive well I I mean yeah and so it, it was it, it was it was an interesting uh, game I think from the beginning and I just don't know if it was because of us lacking Zinchenko mm. I think it looks a lot clearer with how the game panned out in the end. But I think from the start, I'll be honest, I was happy to see Kiwi are given a chance yep, and given um, the, the idea. To be clear, I think there was a there was a. I'm not putting this at all on the individuals. I, I thought Kivio had a bit of a poor game in terms of there was a yeah. few ba a few battles he lost here and there. Did he affect the game much? Probably not. But he was doing he was doing his job. He was doing his job. Mm -hmm. He was he was. I think he you know similarly to Wolves, we were obviously trying to put get as much space as possible uh, through the center of the park because it is a very compact pitch. You look at the penalty box. There's about three strides before you get to the byline so i'm uh, sorry to the to the to the side so yeah I, it's a very compact pitch so i appreciate we want to pull it wide or whatever but i just felt as though without zinchenko it was more the it was more the fact that zinchenko wasn't there and the impacts on jesus and erdegaard i think then when we did get it forward that i i, I felt we had some some trouble but we should talk about the the individual the elephant mistakes in the room well yeah. elephant is he tall um well, he's not <laughs> i uh i put in my 
one word halftime review which i do uh raya small because for the um for the goal he just for the first goal he just looked quite small as the ball went in it didn't feel like he you've got that presence in a goal and you just you just get a sense and that second goal was poor was really poor he just gets sort of out just just done in the air and the third goal man that's that's weak the, the no, thing I... is mate and, and sorry to have that discussion now but I don't think that means Ramsdale comes in, but the, because the thing is, it's like it's like what if Ramsdale doesn't get in after that game? If Ramsdale doesn't have a moment where he where he can come back into the team, based on two very obvious mistakes from Raya, when can he? And I don't think he can, which I think says more about the situation than anything. I don't know, mate. It's so poor. I people keep throwing me the claiming stats about David Raya. I don't agree. My eyes tell me a very different story. And it's not just this game. It's not harping on this game. He doesn't look confident claiming crosses. He goes early. But in terms of him being small and claiming crosses, that's now four specific claiming crossing goals that he's conceded. And, and I'm sorry, you can't be good at, and use that as a strength if that's going to be your performance in, what, 10 games? How many games has he played in the Premier League now? Because there's been four goalkeeping errors from claiming crosses now. And so, look, I don't think it's a strength. I think he struggled. We all know that he probably did his best impression at giving up the points today. It was a bad day at the office. I just, I don't agree, mate. Like, I don't see how Aaron Ramsdale can't get the nod after this. No, mate, uh, I would do that. That's my point. I would do that. I don't think Mikel will, though. Well, well it's just wrong. It, it, there's no way. I can't hide behind it. It's just wrong. And then if you're going to do it, come out and say it back your decision mm. stop hiding behind the idea about because he recently said he wants ramsdale to stay like this is the problem with this situation it is uh it's it's lying mate I, I hate to say this but it is lying you can't say that you want a keeper to stay you want him to play for arsenal he wants to play games for arsenal sounding like he's had a recent conversation and then you've got the sample okay you've got the sample right now of david raya giving you a clear excuse the biggest excuse i'd argue between the two keepers for giving up your position. I don't think Aaron has done something similar this season to deserve it. And you're not going to back your choice. Like there is a, there's going to be a fallout that I think is not going to be well received in the dressing room from it because it's not just a player uh, decision made. It's about your communication and he's showing an inconsistency in faith and he is showing favoritism because if his whole yeah. idea is rotation, because he's done it with the squad. And by the way, he's done a brilliant job with rotation. We've seen a recent article for Sammy Mockbull talking about that. So I I think that you got to back the words that you're doing. And if you're not going to do that, then come out and say David Rye is your keeper. He is your keeper for the long term. We respect what Aaron Ramsdale has done. But from now on, we're looking to play a different way. And David gives us that. No problem. But don't lie and then say that we want Aaron here. We want to keep him because, mate, he did that as much as this week. This yeah, isn't a recent there, quote. There's a disconnect here. Mikel had a brilliant analogy about a blanket where, where with a player where if you move a blanket higher up, your feet are cold, and you move a blanket down, your top's yeah. cold. Like you're gonna, you know, with a player's attributes, there's gonna be there's gonna be weaknesses for every single player. But I think it's similar with this. You can't have it all of the ways. You can't be. You can't try and have a sort of meritocratic culture, but also have yeah. favorites, but also expect players to be blindly loyal, but also expect them to completely accept you. So you know, th there is definitely a a part of this one, Mikel is, I believe, being um, maybe unfair. And then you could go, well, that's just the game. But also, 
Ramsdale's dad coming out and talking about it is just the game. So if Mikel's angry about that, it's like, well, you can't have it both ways. So I, I, I do agree. And I think that there has been some maltreatment and malpractice on Mikel's side. I just will say, I don't want to completely relitigate the whole Raya Ramsdale thing. Raya was not good enough tonight. It was not good enough. But I think I think predicting Mikel's behavior, which is not to say what I agree with, I don't think he'll drop Ramsdale, uh, uh, Raya for, for Ramsdale. I just don't think he will. It wasn't good enough. I will say I think Raya's been better, actually, in the last month or so. But tonight was a real clang. I think when he when he came in, there was a bit of nerves. And I think he started to settle down a bit more. Um, but uh, Mikel will be Mikel. Um, so, yeah. 900 people you in here thank you so much uh yeah. please make sure you like the video and uh subscribe to the canon podcast and check out our our pods um let's move forward then let's talk about the <laughs> yeah well okay well, so do you have do you have another negative actually well not loads i mean the only other thing would maybe be ben white's 1v1 defending i i want to look into this and i want to i'm going to try and do a video about this uh, what do you see from a coach's perspective what can he do better because that's a number of times now I've been concerned about his 1v1 defending. Um, it's tough for me to see now because he is coming back from fitness. I mean, he looked rusty at the beginning, but he hasn't played, mate, uh, for a while. So I, I will I will push back on that though. It's not the first time it's happened. I think I think I'd agree with you if it, if if this was, you know, if this was a one-off, but we've seen we've seen Matoma, we've seen Rashford, we've seen the uh, Barkley this evening, we've seen it a number of times. Well, I mean, I would critique his body position approaching 1v1s because it's not an athletic uh, or an anticipation issue. He's got a brilliant anticipation in terms of when to meet his markers, and he's got a brilliant athleticism to keep up with players. I just think sometimes he's caught flat-footed in how he approaches um, 1v1s with pacey wingers that are able is, to stand him up. Is that fixable? Of course, it's, it's fixable because if you have the athletic capacity to do it, you know, Mikel's changed body position on... Gabriel Martinelli on Bakayo Saka on multiple people, Declan Rice even in his short cameos. So it's definitely fixable. But um, I, I I don't know. I, I didn't see a, a huge issue with it, particularly today. I thought he was rusty. But then I see what he gives you in other areas. And, and, I, and I start to understand it because he sat there asking to make up the most ground out of yeah. anybody in the pitch. So um, if you're going to get the better static defending with Tommy Asu, you're not going to get the dynamism up the pitch. Yeah, that's going to provide. It's, yeah, it's but you you get one or the other, and and at some point you have to. It's similar to Zinchenko. Yeah. Um, we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Babs, and you're lucky because we've done all the negatives, so we're just doing the positives now. <laughs> what? It was negatives from that game. <laughs> uh, there were a few. <laughs> there were a few. Uh, thoughts on the positive aspects of this evening, please, Mister. Um, the attack. I think our attack seems to be functioning again properly. I think what we're seeing now is consistently chance creation and uh, the return of Gabriel Jesus to be massive. I think his performance today was fantastic, but there's only one man I want to focus on, and that's my silky <laughs> German. My silky, silky yes, German. Kai Havertz, the minerals have arrived. My Burkham-esque baller. Um, look, I think what we saw today is, uh, <laughs> that is spectacular, but it reminded me a lot, right, of Aston Villa last season away from home in the second half, where... We've put ourselves in a, a you know a poor position by continuing two really sloppy goals from Raya, but it's the way after we started cooking. And uh, Havertz was fantastic. I think you can see the confidence is growing. But Martin Odegaard, right towards the end of the game, the way he was controlling everything in yeah, the game, was and true. each the timing of pass was sensational. Like knowing when to go short, when to go long, when to play it. That, that pass at the end as well, fantastic. And I think Left what we're seeing now is cross. Yeah, what, what you're there you go from that angle we'll be calling it for all but I think what we're seeing now is that midfield really come its own and I think the entire you know six with the midfield and attacking uh, you know goal or assist 
important goals and assists. It, we're cooking. We're cooking something going forwards again, which is a bit annoying because we're now defending poor a bit and start yeah. you know, scoring some goals. Do you know what I've just realised? All, well, three of the goals this evening come from, well, actually, so if you think, so yeah, so the Erdegaard, uh, left, left-sided, we've spoken about on the pod, Rice attacking potential gets the goal. Havertz ghosting in, in uh, into the penalty box. There's a lot of kind of Arsenal hipster goals this evening. Tons, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tons. Kai like... Havertz's movement all game was phenomenal. And, you know, even on the first goal, his movement to drag out markers to open up the space for those cutback opportunities are key. And I think he's just gaining a lot more confidence in terms of, I saw him at the end of the first half doing keep ups in his own box. Yeah. You know, he's now what, you know, three goals on the bounce in terms of a goal. He needs this. This is this is the takeoff point. Like if if Kai is going to to take off in this team right now, he's got to get a start. He's got to build momentum. He's connected with the fans, and he's contributed oh, with massive, meaningful massive. moments. Was that his best game in an Arsenal shirt? I think oh, 100 percent. Because what you, that's that moment I think right in the second half where he just burst past the player, and I was going, "Yes, this is yeah. what I wanted. I wanted it's this. I wanted you to make it? things happen. Exactly." Mikel had a quote in the midweek where he talked about if I was to go go into war and pick Kai, he'd go to war with me. As in, he's that type of profile. But you don't see it because you see this, you know, nonchalant person who's very Berbatov, Ozil, you know, doesn't really care, looks like it at least. But you can see with the way he celebrates the goals and important goals. Again, an equaliser, lovely finish, ghosting into space. But I mean, if you look at his, his overall stats, even defensively, again, he's all action at this moment, right? Scoring goals, um, you know, making, I think he had four key passes as well in this game, but... Yeah, I love the fact that our two midfielders are functioning in roles they're comfortable with. So Havertz is not dropping off deeper and trying to build up, whereas that's now him, you know, playing as almost a front two at times with Jesus, and it worked. The Havertz goal comes because he's playing in a front two almost, but Odegaard's dropping off deeper and he's making things happen, and it's like, yeah. it's making Arsenal unpredictable again. And yes, yeah. we've been a bit annoying defensively, but I wouldn't say we've been, we've been poor defensively. It's been a few mistakes, let's just say. Our XG against is still pretty low. But we are more exciting for sure. I mean, seven I will say in, that in our own box, 0.2 xg. It's not that we were defensively poor. Yeah, it wasn't a, poor a bad game. performance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do. I, think... I, I just flashed up the 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 Odegaard thing because I think this is a new role. This is something we've spoken about a little bit on the podcast, right? But but Odegaard's new role. I think we're seeing him really take the reins with that now. I think we saw a little bit of sort of adaptation at the beginning of the season. Sometimes he was staying high. Sometimes he was dropping. We saw that game against Bournemouth where he was a bit better, but away from home. That's when I've been in in these types of games. That's what I've been worried about Erdogan. And actually, he really stood out and stepped up tonight. I actually think it's more freedom. I, I wonder whether Mikel, towards the end of last season, Erdogan was getting boxed and boxed and boxed, being part of this number three, this this three with White and Saka, really trying to make that work and trying to do the right thing, trying to do the right thing. Feels like now the shackles have come off Erdogan and he's just sort of doing what he wants and needs to do. And I think I was, I was really impressed well, with him. Well, do you think it's freedom? Actually, I posed that question because I think the last three or four games, there's certainly been an effort for him to drop deep next to Rice and receive in, in the pivot. He was, our lone, think, he was our lone pivot a lot of this evening. Well, yeah. And, and I think that's tactical instruction because it definitely is a difference from the start of the season where I felt like he was our highest midfielder. Certainly has been a different in the positions that I feel that he's picking up, at least receiving off in the first phase. And this was has been my whole argument with Martin Odegaard dropping deeper, by the way. It increases his zone of influence for me. He's one of the best receivers in the team. Why not have that in the area of the pitch that you need that competency, which is in build-up? And then he gets the freedom to arrive in spaces and have that kind of space to impact the game in different areas. Because right now, Bakayo Saka gets his space. Look at him for the first goal, by the way. That And I think, what is it, the second goal as well, where Bakayo Saka combines with Ben White up in that 1-2. Mm. Yep. Brilliant. And he doesn't get that if Martin Odegaard is stepping on his toes in the half yep. space. Yep. But then you get the third goal. 
or sorry, the fourth goal with Declan Rice, where he has that space to have a whipped cross, which he's got a brilliant delivery in. I think that by increasing his zone of influence, by having him deeper, not only do you solve an issue with our central progression, but you get more of Martin Odegaard and you get yep. more of what makes him great. So Agreed. get him in the second phase. That is where he's comfortable. Keep him there, please, Mikel. Agree, agree. I completely agree. And I think he's he's finding his feet there. Um, one thing before we move to some uh, some comments. Were we robbed with some penalties? Facts. The Gabrielle is a what, clear yeah, penalty. That's, that's the one. Yeah, I'm the looking Gabriel at going, one is, he, He's is about to get his head to the ball, by the way. Like he's that's that's not even he's literally that's affected play. Yeah. And he's pulled him back. And I was thinking to myself, how are they not gonna give this one? Because I knew they weren't. <laughs> I could just have a feel. I was like, what are they gonna say? What's the laws gonna be? And I was like, there's no way you look at that and go, that's not a pen. Because he's, you know. Yeah, I'm so glad we're not having to talk about that in, in different terms. I, so I will say though, and just before we go to the comments, I know it's easier to tell to the fact, but you can ask the guys I was watching the game with, I was really sure we'd score. I just felt it. I, and I think now that's, well, that's so great. About, it's what's so great about this game. Is no, that... I was I was hands crossed fuming. I was like, ah. <laughs> oh. But George, I, I don't know. I don't know you felt, but like, I was like, we'll score. It's all right. We'll score. I knew there would be chances. I knew there would be chances once it was tied because uh, I just felt like Luton were giving away far too many opportunities and they were sitting yeah. deep. I go, the fact that they stopped their press was the mistake. Those those changes, I forget when what minute it was, but I think it was the 63rd, 65th minute, somewhere around there. Those three yeah. changes, I thought, killed their momentum in the match. And I think if they had met us at the halfway line like they were doing all game, yeah. of course, not sustainable. It's tough. But if they had, I just want to shout out um, Dowdy, by the way. I love Dowdy. Alfie Doughty had a brilliant game on Bukayo Saka, and I thought, that's a player there. Great engine, brilliant delivery, not just on set pieces, but in whipped crosses. And he was really good in anticipating the mark, giving Saka a really hard game. Thought he was one of their better players on the day. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think in total, I always thought we would score or at least get a chance. I even put in group chats, Trissard should get a chance. Trissard should get a goal here. Yeah. Because I thought there were spaces. But mate, you can't take away Declan Rice. And I don't know if you're going to go to it. And we deserve to hear Bab's point of view because my gosh, that boy continues to rise. He continues to rise. He's got that aura. And I'm not talking about like looks wise. That's what people think aura is. I think footballing aura. Like yeah. you just look at him and go, that's a legend. That's a legend in the making. You could yeah, just yeah. tell he's got everything you want from a midfielder. You know, the ability defensively and now goals as well. Very important goals. A last minute win against United. Last yeah. minute win today. This guy's just got that footballing. He just reminds me of a captain. And I know Odegaard's a captain. I know I'm not saying we should take the captaincy off him, but Rice is a leader. Yeah. And those examples yeah. are there where now he's got these moments behind him. This is his first season, by the way. You know, <laughs> these moments are going to add. And there will be some Champions League ones, late ones. There will be important moments and performances as well. We won't forget over the season. We'll go to ourselves... £105 million, pounds, and it, it was pretty damn worth it. It's a snip. It's a snip. Uh, over a 1,100 of you in here. Thank you so much wow. for joining us. Uh, get your comments in as we turn to the comments section. First one is that, Babs, you, you'd want to be part of this rubbish. Don't worry. AFT, AV, AFTV soon, God willing. <laughs> get the call up, mate. Robbie, get the call on, up, mate. AFTV. Come on. Um, so uh, let's do some comments then. Uh uh, Alex Osborne says, Alex, I'd like you to ask George about his tweet during the 96th minute. Maybe share it on screen again. So what did you say? Oh, frustrating draw. He said like a very frustrating draw. It oh, was, really? uh, yeah. yeah, and I was just talking about Kai Havertz having a good game. I had my summary tweet ready in the 96th minute. Yeah. Shame on me. Going to wait till the final kick of the game before doing that next time because my gosh, Declan Rice coming in and it was just brilliant. 
HFN, did Jesus deserve his yellow? I I, I will say he looked petulant, didn't he, in the first half? Well, yeah, but but equally, it's and I appreciate referees have to sort of slightly give a little bit more leeway for teams that don't have the ball, and you know they're gonna they're gonna be giving more, way more fouls, etc. But it was such an obvious tactic from Luton to just put in these cynical fouls, yeah. and Ross Barkley did about seven, and then Jesus did it once, and he got his yellow, and like he probably deserved the yellow, but Barkley deserved one about half an hour before he got one, so that really that really frustrated me. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sifeleli says thanks, West Ham. Um, Charlie Baker says, what are your thoughts on Kivio's performance? Seems like the wrong game to start him in. I've given my thoughts on Kivio a little bit earlier, Charlie, but Babs, you have not. Yeah, I think he was um, average performance. I won't say a special. Um, but again, it's his first game he started in the league this season, I think, in a while at least. Maybe since Fulham. So I don't expect him to be flying straight away. And it, it seems like right now we've got a team that's starting to gel. And players yeah. that haven't been a part of it as much are going to find it harder to find that rhythm straight away. So when you see the likes of Tommy Yes and, and Trossard come into it, because they've played more minutes, they're going to find it easier. But mm-hmm. the likes of Kivio when Vieira plays as well, because they've been in the outskirts, it seems like they don't have that same wavelength as everyone else. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to be overly critical. You know, my only real anger today was towards the goalkeeper. And not really the first one. The first error, I think like, that, that can happen as a goalkeeper, right? We've seen that before. It's a second one I'm going to myself. You can't save that, man. That's a goalkeeping error. When I see you make a mistake in terms of playing out the back and, you know, maybe you get caught out, cool, happens. But not goalkeeping errors. And that's the thing we have to understand is Raya is going to be held to a very high standard because the keeper he's replacing wasn't poor. It wasn't Mm -hmm. costing us points. He was playing to a very good standard as well. But Mikel's brought Raya in for the extra 5%. Is Raya offering the extra 5%? Is the question you need to ask yourself. Big question. Milo Haynes, do you think Kieran Tierney has a route back into the squad now that we're doing more in the attack with our fullbacks? Or do you think they're attacking, defending, build-up actions that don't suit him? I I felt this was a game that suited Tierney. I will say, I think because of his limitations in other areas, I don't think that's necessarily a profile that we should bring back in. But someone who can overlap a little bit more um, as, a, as a left fullback or somebody who's more naturally doing that, I George, I, I quite like that idea. Well, you have to, especially when you've got Timber in the 11. I know nobody wants to think about it, but the idea of Tim Brett as an inverted right back leans to us being able to flip dynamics. I, I don't love it as the only option. I do prefer Timber at left back, but um, personally, it does it does mean that you need that profile in the squad, doesn't it? And, you know, it's, it's why I think we could use money from Tavares and Kieran Tierney if he's not the solution that you want to buy somebody that's more in line with what you think. Patrick mm-hmm. Dorgu as a little suggestion of my own, uh, who I really like. Uh, Danish fullback. But yes, I think that you need that profile in the squad definitely for moments like this, but also in general, I agree that our fullbacks are being used more in wider areas generally because I don't think I see just even Zinchenko being the static pivot anymore. Even when he has played, he's played wider. He's he's had that variation um, in the buildup and that responsibility. So we definitely need to find somebody that can give us a little bit of both. Declan Rice, Rodri. Is that a question? Has that been a question? I'm not even trying to do it because he's our player, but genuinely speaking, at the the moment, it's not. It's. I don't think it's a particular debate. I think you have to talk over a wider, longer. uh, Which is crazy, by the way, because of how good Rodri is. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're not talking about a bad player here. Like we're talking about two very good players. But I'd say Rice has something that Rodri can't have. Like he can't work on power. You can be very good at passing the ball which Rice is also very good at, but you can't have that power to just burst past players when that ball back. It's natural, it's God-gifted, and uh, we'll take it. Yep. Mohamed Basha says, how come we still don't have proper squad depth for the second season in a row? Look, I, I do have a... I understand it's frustrating, but I don't know what more the club can do. They've signed three more outfield players 
and we're still in a and and basically no one's left the club and we're and in another injury crisis. Like I, you can't just keep spending millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and and, and expect it to 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 just fix it. I think at some point I we have to go. Poor depth, to be honest, I think we've actually got no, decent depth. But that's my that's because... my point is is that we the problem the reason we don't have depth is because of injuries. I think if you looked at the bench this evening, you are missing Smith Rowe, you are missing Vieira, Partey, yeah, Timber, etc. But Vieira's back now after his suspension. I'm pretty sure. So I don't think we've got poor death. It's just that at this current moment of time, our squad's getting used. But the, the fact that we're top of the league right now, five points clear with Timber out, party out, shows that we've actually got good depth. Apparently, because of the fact that we've been able to... Tommy's out for a while. Sorry to interrupt. Hmm, that's, that's, that's a bit surprising. Yeah. But this is, this is my point. It's like, I think the only place that I would say is it maybe in mid, in uh, in defence, but I think we'll do something in, in, in January. I think Arteta's literally said we're short at the back. I think Twice. I think he wanted to about, do something. About, about a defender, right? And, and yeah. so I think uh, it pushes things along. I'm hoping that it actually Tommy's out and then he can't go to the Asian Cup, but then he's used <laughs> for us in January. You know, if he's out for four to six weeks, you know, it, I don't know if he'll make it in time. But I, I agree that we have defensive depth issues, but I just wanted to make a point. Squad depth, I actually think, is brilliant this season because we've lost the league in the last two years on our squad depth accruing poor results but that hasn't happened to us this season i would argue our squad depth is the reason that we're competing at the level right now i agree with babs it's a short-term issue in terms of the amount of people that are injured and by the way yeah. jesus zinchenko himself since last season missing so many uh games uh parte as well who have played something like 30 games of the 38 last season we, we have big players that aren't playing that you know of course have um, played a lot in the past, but yep. Timber was a solution. Um, we kind of tried to address it in the transfer window. All three players that we bought had immense uh, injury records prior to buying them. So it's definitely something that we're looking at. Um, just unlucky, I think. Yep. Uh, I'll take us out for the next game as well. We got booked for his celebration, which, um, yeah, is a shame. Did but... you use his post match interview? No. What did he say? He talked about Ryan. Is that what you were doing? Not on the Insta reaction? Nah, I walked in and I saw the interview. While well, we were working. Oh. Well, technically, that means I was working as well. No, I was looking at the Kels comments. But he was asked about Ryan. I think he said, I thought, I thought the team was incredible today or something like that. Like he ignored the comments. Oh, the completely. same thing. Yeah. yeah the same, it was the like same a very pep esque. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, well, we'll finish there, but let's finish just on a, on a massive positive. Um, that was, look, you, you don't necessarily want to, you never set out to win games in that way. But looking at how many games we have, we were talking about this earlier, Babs, like looking at how many games we have won that way, um, it is the sign of champions. I still don't think we're going to do it. I, I still think it, we're, we're a little bit short. I still think we're a little bit young and a little bit inexperienced. I think. Look at this negative Nelly over here. <laughs> Unbelievable. You guys have both predicted that we win. I still, I still, yeah. stick, I'll stick by my. Do you not think though, like, but, but just seeing just how we on that. Sorry, on. just finish on that. Um, yeah, is is only to say, winning like that makes me more confident than ever because what we're seeing this season is you know we're in a similar point scenario to what we were last year but we're not playing to anywhere near that same level of intensity it feels like even today for example you, you could say it took us last minute winner but we made a lot of chances conceded two very sloppy goals from mistakes that don't happen often you know it was technically a comfortable victory in terms of what we did on paper but it became uncomfortable because of circumstances but the fact that we've got so many players out injured that are important starters that could return yeah. and will return and yet we're still there. And we're not just there, by the way. We're actually top five points clear right now. City, you've got Villa tomorrow, away from home. 
which is a difficult game. The drop points there also remain there. So I'm not saying that we're favourites by all any means, but I'm thinking to myself, like, if anything, this year is giving me more reassurance that we're not just here because, you know, we're a good team, but we're now also got that character and mindset of a, of a title winning side as well to get over the line consistently. And, you know, as you said yourself, that you expected a goal today. Why do you think that is? It's because yeah. the team gives you belief. Look, we're 100% here to stay. I I don't think it'll be this year, but we're here to stay. And that's and that's the next five years. I think I'm 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 in it for the long haul. George, I disagree. I think we're here to do the big one. Um, and it's not just games like today. I actually think that this month is going to be huge for the title race. We're going to look at May, and we're going to come back and say that December was the month that decided the title. In my opinion, you look at Manchester City's fixtures this month, and you look at our fixtures this month, and the consistency that we need to do to play. Luton would have been huge for me in terms of if we had dropped points. I think that getting the maximum number of points in this month is going to be key uh, to ensuring that kind of the prediction of us winning the league stays true. Um, I think it's games like today. They play into the fabric. It was a golden moment. Rice with another golden moment to be put on the dressing room. And I think that it had to come from our 105 million pound man who I think is going to be the difference between us and City. When we go and we look back it's going to be between points. I agree with Mikel. It could be between 95 to 100 points. That secures the league. And I think that when we start to look at it, what will be lost in the league is within under six points, I think, in my opinion. Declan's already got four. How many more can he add to his roster? Speaking of which, to players out, thank you so much for being here. Please make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe. Check out the Canon podcast everywhere you get your podcasts and uh, check us out on Patreon. Seven-day free trial if you like our stuff. But to players out, boys, you know what's coming. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.